Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm joined by Pastor Livia Michael, who's actually sitting in for Pastor Margaret today, who at the time of this recording is on vacation, and Brittany Vines. How are you ladies doing today? Doing pretty good. good. (laughs) It's good to have you all. And uh, Brittany is going to be sharing her testimony with us today. So Brittany, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Yeah, so I'm from Hedgesville, West Virginia. It's like a super small town. I think if you sneeze, you probably miss it. Um, and I grew up there my whole life. I moved to Harrisonburg when I went to college at EMU. Um, I'd never heard of what a Mennonite was um, or Harrisonburg or EMU. So kind of pulled college out of a hat. Um, and I just felt like I was calling me to Harrisonburg after I graduated. So now I guess I'm a official Virginia resident. <laughs> So growing up in a small town of West Virginia, what is that like? It's a lot of back roads, a lot of farms. I grew up in the same church my whole life. It's a lot of anywhere you go, people know who you are. Um, but definitely the small town feel. Everybody is like a, a big family in a sense. So so Harrisonburg's like a big city for you. Yes, Harrisonburg was really big. It's starting to kind of even out now, but I still get lost a little bit when I'm driving around. <laughs> Me too. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know the back roads. I don't know how they connect. Yeah, it's a good it's a good mix, a good change. Another thing that stuck out to me is you said you had never heard what a Mennonite is. I believe, Olivia, you know what Mennonites are. I have <laughs> some knowledge about what the, what the Mennonites are and what they're like, you know. So. Yeah. I'll fill you in if you have any questions. <laughs> well, Brittany, you mentioned you grew up in a small church. You know, a lot of times we grew up going to church with our parents, but at what point did you come to make the decision for yourself for Christ? Yeah, so I grew up in church my whole life, the same church, Um, and I got saved when I was seven, and it was after VBS, and I was driving around in my little pink Jeep, Um, and I just told my grandmother that I wanted to be saved because I loved how my teachers talked about God and, yeah, just how he, like, loved me and he died for me and he was pursuing me and... Um, as a seven-year-old, things like that just make you so excited, and so I wanted to be a part of that. Now, was that Sunday school teachers, or did you go to, like, a Christian school where you had the— Sunday school teachers, okay. yeah. So are there any other—you mentioned that you got saved at seven, um, and you asked your grandmother if you could accept Christ into your life. Were there any experiences or any people growing up that had a huge impact on your life and your faith journey? Yeah, so my grandmother was definitely one of them, obviously— and my mom, she made sure that I was in church every Sunday, attended every, like, Awanas and, um, yeah, like, small groups with our church. She just made sure that faith was really important growing up in our household. And any other, um, besides when you were seven and came to him, any other thing that stick out maybe in your teenage years that uh, really helped with your foundation, with your faith journey? I think there's been multiple points along my life um, that I've been able to see God work and challenge me and where I've been able to just sit back and question and kind of wrestle and dive deeper into our relationship. Well, I do know, you know, I know Brittany pretty well. (laughs) I mean, we got connected through FCA, which I know is impactful for you in college, right? Yeah. Can you like maybe share 
what that was about, what that's like for you? Yeah, so I um, I was an athlete in college. I was super blessed to play softball at EMU, which was amazing opportunity. So as a little freshman, I went to something called FCA, and I had kind of known about it in high school. Um, we had had, like, a few meetings, but at college it was really intimidating. I didn't know anybody, and so I went one night just to see what it was like, and um, I went with a friend. Her name was Jolie Patton, and – I just got connected right after that. Marsha Justice, who also goes to church here, was kind of like the overseer for campus at that time through FCA, and she pulled me aside, and the rest is history. Um, She kind of just took me under her wing and really just was fundamental in my growth um, as a Christian and as an FCA leader. And so throughout college, I got to be an FCA leader um, at EMU, and I got to work some camps, and I got to do a couple internships with FCA, and so... I really appreciate their mission and what they do for athletes and Christians um, all across the world. So, yeah, I know when I was in college, I had this like, you know, it was maybe different for me because I was studying religion and theology. And I so I had like a, a few like crisis moments in my faith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I just like struggled and had so many questions. And it's kind of where I like came to my own, like my own faith, my own understanding of what um, faith was. Do you feel like um, you had any of those kind of like tough moments in high school or college? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in college, I definitely had a couple of those. Being a freshman was really hard. I didn't know anybody. Um, and so I questioned a lot why God had me in Harrisonburg and why mm-hmm. he had me at this small Mennonite college. And then a lot of wrestling came when I was like a junior in college. I, for like the last year and a half had battled an eating disorder and it got extremely bad mm-hmm. and I lost softball which at that time was a huge part of my life and testimony and I wasn't an athlete anymore which was a huge part of my identity yeah and some friendships I struggled with during that time too and so I really just wondered how God could turn that huge mess of what my life was into a message but he eventually did mm-hmm. it took a lot of like essentially gnashing of the teeth, a lot of questioning, a lot of a lot of anger almost. But I'm thankful that God can take anger. Yeah. Are there any other um, tough situations in your life? You mentioned in college, struggling, but just any other struggles that have, you know, in the time you weren't sure what God was doing, but maybe how he's used that to strengthen your faith or make you to rely on him more? Yeah, so actually... A year after I had gotten saved, I became a big sister, which was huge. I always wanted to be a big sister and um, just dress them up and play with them and wrestle with them. Um, And so I finally got to be a big sister like a year after I got saved. Um, And I have two twin sisters, Macy and Carly, and they were born premature due to a disease. And then actually a week and then a month after they were born, they both passed away. And so to be almost nine and a new Christian and young, I didn't want anything to do with God after that. Because when you're younger and you're in VBS and you're in Sunday school, they talk about all the miracles that God can perform. Um, Of course, you're not going to tell like a seven-year-old about Revelation, right? right? (laughs) Right. And so just walking through that was extremely hard. Um, My family was broken in ways that we didn't know were possible. And so I didn't want anything to do with God because... I read about this miracle worker, and he let my life fall apart. And so that took a lot of rebuilding and a lot of questioning and a lot of counseling. 
and just like a lot of tough love and a lot of pursuing on his end and me slowly walking back to him, obviously to rebuild that relationship. But I, yeah. I can't imagine going through something like that, especially at such an early age. And uh, as you were talking, something stuck out to me, a, a recent message that Pastor Adrian preached here at Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene on healing. And one of the questions is, why isn't everybody healed? Yeah. And I'm sure that was probably a question in your mind as a nine-year-old. Uh, like, why weren't you said you had heard about healing stories in the Bible as a kid and I'm sure that was probably a question that you had. Oh, definitely. And sometimes I, sometimes in my humanistic form, I still wonder why healing doesn't happen for everybody. But um, as I've grown up, I've been able to see God work in different ways. And I have a little brother now who's extremely healthy. He's super crazy and fun-loving. And there was nothing wrong with him. And so while I don't know why that will ever happen, I may never know on this side of eternity. But I know that... You know, God had a reason, and they are living the best life, you know. They get to celebrate birthdays and holidays with our Savior, and, you know, if they would have lived, they would have had so many health complications. And so it really does seem like the best-case scenario, even though it hurts. Right, yeah. That's one thing as Christians that even in seemingly hopeless situations, we know that there's the hope of heaven, like you'll be— able to see your sisters one day in heaven and get to spend eternity with them. So I'm sure that's probably one more reason to look forward to heaven one day. Yes, yeah, definitely. I can't wait. <laughs> Brittany, um, you shared about you know uh, coming here to EMU and um, playing softball and being involved in FCA. Would you like to share what you studied there and what kind of field you're in right now? So I study social work was a minor in psychology, and my passion was foster care and adoption services. I have a huge heart for those that are in the system right now. And so when I graduated, I actually accepted a job through foster care and adoption services. I went away for a summer internship, and when I came back, God had a different plan. Um, So I actually left that job, interviewed for a new job, and got that job all in 48 hours. So last year, I spent the year at a small Christian school here, Cornerstone, and I got to be a physical educator and athletic director, and it sparked my passion for working in schools. And I already knew I had a passion for working with kids, but it just kind of intensified that. And so now I work at Turner Ashby High School, and I'm a behavior support analyst. So I'm kind of using my field a little bit, not typical, but each day proves to be a different challenge. But I'm excited for the journey that God has me on with this position. I also went to TA, (laughs) you know, hometown. I'm a townie, I suppose. (laughs) Um, This position is relatively new, correct? Yes, this is the first year. It's a pilot position. Yeah, so talk to me about how you're, like, adjusting in the crazy times that we're in (laughs) with a new position. Yeah, so it's definitely hard. Um, Each day is new. Yeah. Each day has its own challenge, and I'm not currently doing what I'm supposed to be doing due to COVID. There's the school is very quiet. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of students there, but I've got to form a lot of meaningful relationships with the students that are there. And I really look forward to the day that we have students back. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Brittany also leads a small group um, for our youth group here, which you know, just another thing that I maybe like suckered her into <laughs> as my friend. Me and Brittany, our f- 
friendship has been it's been a journey um yes. we started i actually met Brittany through fca which i think i said and i was like her mentor for a year and then somewhere in there it flipped i think i said i think our relationship flipped when i stopped paying for your meals when we went out to eat okay. when i started making yes. you pay for yourself <laughs> then yes. we just became friends yes so but she started coming to our church and got involved in the youth program so i know you have a heart um for kids, for students. So this is my long journey to my question. So you came to Harrisonburg, decided to stay after college, and now you're like a young adult living in Harrisonburg. <laughs> you attend the church and you're really involved. Talk to me about like post-college young adult life, like <laughs> as you put your face in your hands. <laughs> what are like, what are the important things that you're involved in that are like keeping your faith alive and good? Yeah. Well, I'm a small group leader here, and so that helps keep me young and just keeps me with the end times, I guess. Right. And current. Um, I'm also a member of our life group, so I also am in Olivia's life group. Right. <laughs> we spend a lot of time together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're still friends, which is what matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a part of a life group, which has been super instrumental in my faith. I find that I'm challenged there, and I've grown a lot in just the way that I see God and how he's pursuing me in different seasons. So that's been really instrumental. Um, there's also a lot of teachers there, so that helps. They yeah. know. We have a life group full of teachers. Yes. yes. <laughs> so they know what it's like to teach and work in a school during a pandemic. And I also coach softball at Spotswood, which is ironic because that's like the town rival. Right, you work at TA, but you coach at Spotswood. <laughs> yes. I went to Spotswood, <laughs> okay. I understand that. Yeah, so I coach softball at Spotswood, and that has played a role in my faith in different ways, because I'm at a public school, and you can't be as open when you're a coach, um, and so I've just got to journey with those girls academically and mentally and emotionally, but also, yeah, spiritually with Karen Good, who also goes to church here. Right. Um, she is our character coach through FCA for our girls. And so just being able to see them ask questions and grow in faith in their own ways has been really exciting and instrumental in my faith too. Yeah, post-college life is hard. Mm -hmm. I don't think they talk enough about it. No one tells you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only do you have to like get a real job um, and pay bills, but you know, it's so different with friends and you're on your own. Um, you have to call the doctor yourself when you have right. an appointment. You right. <laughs> and nobody reminds you that you have to go to the dentist every six months or something. I, yeah. So, but I think I'm finally in a place where I have, like, let go of the reins and just, like, God take them, which has been the most right. instrumental, I think, in this part of life. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm yeah. still young, you know? Right. Yeah. There's times where I flourish and there's times when I cry and eat popcorn for dinner. Don't so. we all? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, as you were talking, a couple things stuck out to me. First, I help out with the youth too, and it makes me feel old because Olivia was in the youth. I think she was in high school when I first started helping with yeah, the youth I after so. I graduated. <laughs> after I graduated college, um, but it definitely like mentorship. You guys talked about mentorship through FCA. Well, mentorship can go both ways, and you guys yeah. kind of alluded to that. Mm -hmm. I know when I first started helping with the youth. You know, I'm going to serve the youth and help with the youth, but I've gotten as much out of it as hopefully the students have gotten out of it. So that goes both ways, especially when younger people, you know, maybe see a different perspective or 
pick up on something that you wouldn't have thought about if they hadn't have said it. Sure. So that's cool. And you were talking about coaching softball at Spotswood and how you're not able to be as open with your faith. But a lot of times building relationships and getting to know them, the saying is that people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And so just building that relationship and living by example, um, I'm sure is important and a huge impact on those girls that you're working with there. And uh, I'm sure that Karen Good was a huge inroad there and probably how you ended I'm guessing how you ended up at Spotswood uh, yes. coaching softball there. Brittany, um, it's also cool. Uh, you were talking about FCA and your involvement in that. And I think the first time I remember meeting, or I don't know if I met you that night, but it was when FCA had their banquet last year at our church oh, and you yeah. spoke at least spoke a little bit that night. And I think, I don't know if you had started coming here yet or if you started coming shortly after, but uh, just, yeah, how did you end up here at the Church of the Nazarene? So I knew a lot of different people that went here through FCA and just through the community that I had built here. And I knew Olivia, which helped. And so I was like, I'll just try it out. Um, I knew that God was it was kind of taking me away a little bit from the church that I had been in. It was really instrumental for my college years, but I knew that we were just kind of going in a different path. And so church shopping, and I say that in quotes, right. is so hard, um, especially when you're young and you're new and you're single right. and, you know, you just kind of show up to a church. And this was pre-COVID, obviously. But, yeah, I just tried it out one Sunday with Olivia, and I loved Pastor Adrian and just how he is vulnerable and real, but it's just so knowledgeable. And I really appreciated the message that he gave that day, which I don't remember what it was. And people were welcoming, but not, like, too smothering welcoming, <laughs> which I liked. Um, the size of the church kind of threw me off a little bit, but I just slowly started coming, and, yeah, I, I've been here for, like, a year, I guess. And so when I spoke last year at the banquet, I had been here for, like, maybe a month. And so I didn't really know anybody. Um, I kind of clung to Olivia's side the whole time because I was new and kind of, you know, taken back. Well, you mentioned you grew up in a small town of West Virginia and that the size of the church probably overwhelmed you. By any chance, would the size of our church be the size of your town? Close. Very close. (laughs) Full capacity, yes. (laughs) Pre-COVID. Yes, pre-COVID. Yeah, full capacity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know one of the pastors in our church, uh, he came to JMU to play baseball, and he came from a small town. And I believe uh, when his uncle, who was the pastor of his church, called my dad, who was the pastor here at the time, he said, now, your church is about the size of Billy's town. Yes. (laughs) So I didn't know if you could relate to that or not. I definitely, yes, I definitely can. Brittany, anything else that has had an impact on your life? We've talked about a lot of different areas, but just uh, whether it be FCA or ministering to kids, specifically during COVID and kind of how you mentioned how there's been a lot of changes. There aren't a lot of kids at school right now. So just different things that you've had to do to adapt to all that. Um, I think just having an open mind. There are definitely days where I leave my job and I cry. I think that's normal. If not, yikes. <laughs> but I think one of the things that this new job and COVID has taught me is just like thankfulness. And I know we're in the season of thankfulness currently while we're podcasting this. Um, but it's even intensified it because the students that I work with, they're at the school because of extenuating circumstances. And so the things that I have taken for granted in the past are coming full circle kind of in these relationships that I'm building. And so it's just giving me a heart of like gratitude. 
and the stuff that God has blessed me with. And so I joke and I say that, you know, after college life is hard, you know, paying bills and making my own appointments and stuff. But in a sense, I'm really grateful that I have those opportunities and finances to do that, especially during a pandemic. And some of my students don't have that. And so it's definitely just giving me a perspective change. This job is hard, but I'm finding ways each day that it is exactly where I'm supposed to be and the time that I'm supposed to be there. Well, attitude of gratitude, that's great. And that's something we should probably all practice year round, not just during this season between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I do. I do want to just brag on Brittany for a second, which isn't, you know, fun for me, maybe not for her. But I don't know Brittany inside of, like, the school context, really. Um, but I do know her in the church context, and specifically working with students. I asked Brittany to come be a small group leader a year-ish yeah. ago, somewhere around there. She'd been at the church for a little while, and there was a group that I needed a co-leader for. There was already a leader involved, but there was only, like, what? one student in the group yeah and I was like there's one girl but the leader who's leading can't be there every Sunday and we just need someone consistent and I think that consistency will help us grow this group and so for like two semesters there was like one or two girls who showed up and Brittany's co-leader had to end up leaving because she just had too much going on in her life and I was like Brittany let's just commit to praying that like girls will come to this group and that you can like invest in them and now, I don't know what happened, but this semester, Brittany's group is one of the biggest groups that we have. And it's like all these girls like came out of the woodwork. I don't know where they came from. And a lot of them are new to our church or just like don't even go to our church, just come to the youth group. And Brittany has like so taken that group on like head first. And I really think it's her leadership that is bringing these girls back and her investment in their lives. So um, she went from like one girl to like, eight maybe yeah um which is incredible and makes me as the youth pastor here like so happy that we have just leaders who are like willing to invest and pour into their students I mean both of you really so I'm just I'm grateful (laughs) thank you yeah it's uh some of the only interaction that some of these kids I know some of them recently went back to school a couple days a week but prior to that they didn't really get to have many interaction with kids so that probably if they felt comfortable or their parents felt comfortable with them coming was probably kind of an open door for the youth group to Mm -hmm. have more kids Mm -hmm. come and being that we're just doing small groups right now it makes it a little safer and probably a little more comfortable and kids I don't know I feel like they're almost opening up a little more than maybe what they would have pre-COVID just because they're seeking that interaction. And uh, Brittany, uh, you mentioned you're part of a young adult group that Pastor Olivia leads and that you help uh, with a small group with the students. And I believe you and uh, somebody else in the church are getting ready here, uh, I guess, this next semester to start leading a college life group at our church, which is deeply needed. That's a huge ministry area in our area. So if you want to talk about that some. Yes, I'm laughing because of the way that it came about. So we were at a bonfire for youth group, and somehow it came up about life groups, I think, that week. And Olivia mentions me leading a college life group laughs and runs away and so I'm like that's my style (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) and so I was definitely taken aback and my first instinct was to say no (laughs) and then Sarah yeah kind of dug more deep into it than just running away like Olivia did 
So we had a conversation on the phone just about the need um, that the church has for college-aged, which I think is really important, especially during this time, too. And so they want to start one next semester. I still don't feel like I'm qualified for this, but it was an open door, and I could definitely hear God saying yes loudly, and so you don't tell God no. And I'm excited. There's, like, a good list of people who are interested and excited, and so, you know, the first week might be a hot mess, but it's going to be a fun hot mess. And so That's the spirit. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited. I'm kind of nervous, but mm-hmm. I'm excited for the ways that God can grow the college age ministry here and throughout the community. Just in speaking with the ones that are excited, I know it's a huge need right now. Um, the college kids are facing something that also has never been seen before and they need poured into a lot, not just our younger youth. And so I'm excited to see what it looks like. Um, I'm excited for the ways that God can just grow this church and the community and, you know, dive deeper into personal relationships throughout the group. I'm hoping that I'll feel more qualified as we go, but if not, you know, we're just going to keep taking each week as it comes. And I'm sure with your involvement in FCA, you've been able to see how huge of a ministry age group that is, especially with three colleges, Bridgewater, EMU, and JMU, and even Blue Ridge, that there's a lot of opportunity for that ministry to grow. And uh, just, I think college is a hard age, kind yeah. of, yes. we talked about adulting, and but like college it's kind of the in-between, the high school and the adulting. You're kind of on your own for the first time, but in a controlled environment. You almost but, have freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a crucial age because it's a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times where kids kind of tend to, you know, they not made to go to church anymore. So if they go to church, it has to be their own decision. So it can, like, if you kind of lose that age group, sometimes you don't get them back once they graduate college, sure, yeah. after college. So, Brittany, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, just anything else that you would like to share about your testimony? Any words of advice with working with students? Like, I don't know if it be parents or teachers or people just during this hard COVID time we've talked. Any advice? I know you mentioned uh, just being grateful for things, but anything else that you would like to add? Or even college students or students in general, any advice for them during this hard time with COVID? Yeah, I think on the teacher-parent aspect, yeah, just I just see how hard the teachers and those in schools are working. And so I just think it needs to be said that they're doing the best that they can with the resources and the knowledge that they have. And I don't think it's been said enough, but we are walking through waters that nobody has ever treaded. And we're all doing our best. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked in a lot of areas. And so the parents who think that they're failing their kid right now at homeschool, they're not. They're still going to be intelligent and doctors and nurses and veterinarians. And, you know, I'm sure they're a whole new level tired right now, but they are doing the best that they can. And same with teachers, you know, virtual learning is hard. Um, You cannot tailor your teaching to each kid's specific need. And each kid has a specific need. And so I think that everybody just needs to have a little bit more grace with themselves and just know that this is not a surprise to God. He's not surprised that we're in a pandemic nine months later. And he's not surprised that Rockingham County schools are still not in session. And so while that can seem a little bit frustrating, I think it you know gives us hope and even a little bit of like a breath of relief, kind of, that somebody is not surprised. Um, and thankfully, it's the person that's in charge of everything. And so just to touch on that aspect and then the college age and the young adults where I'm at, yeah, we're all treading water that we've never been in. And this semester I got to like 
adopt a college student, essentially. And I would just encourage everybody to do that, not even just during a pandemic, but especially during a pandemic. They need love. They're away from home. They're wearing masks constantly. Um, a lot of them who are athletes are getting tested once a week. There is a lot of fear in this generation right now. And we know that fear doesn't come from God. Right. And so I think the more love that we can show them, whether it's buying them coffee, taking them a meal, inviting them to a game night, just calling and checking in on them, I think is huge, especially for that. I mean, your college years are huge growing years. You know, we talk so much about the adolescent years, but college years are where you become who you're meant to be, supposed to be, want to be. And so um, you can't make clear-cut decisions when you have fear you know, fogging you. And so I think my words of advice to college kids is to find somebody in the college area that you're in to plug into you and to love on you, to share a meal with, to have coffee with. That was huge for me. People that plugged into me and made me feel at home and loved in Harrisonburg is why I'm here and is why I've been successful and can plug into other kids. And so, yeah, just reaching out and and looking for that, that college home family, I guess. Um, and to know that this isn't going to be forever. I don't know how long it's going to be for, but it's not going to be like this forever. And so I think when we come out on the other side of it, we're going to have so much more knowledge and wisdom and advice and strength than we did going into it. So, Well, Brittany, uh, that's great advice and just small gestures. It doesn't have to be anything, but really time and investing and yeah, that's good advice. Thank you for sharing and uh, thank you for joining us today on Front Porch Talks and being willing to share your testimony with us. Pastor Olivia, thank you for uh, joining us also in the conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that as you've heard Brittany Vine's testimony that has been a half hour of hope for your life, may God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.